0: What's up everybody? Here we are again with the Energy is Love podcast. As always, we're going to start off with our sponsors. We'd like to thank Crystal Water Float Spa located out in Twilly, Utah. If you guys haven't learned about floating yet, now's the time. It's really one of those things that it's hard to describe. It's hard to explain necessarily, even though it's self-explanatory. You lay back in a tank full of salt water for hell's sakes. But it's an amazing experience. You really have to try it for yourself. So now's the time to get in there and give it a shot. You can find Crystal Water on Facebook at Crystal Water Float Spa. They also have a website that you can go to and learn more about floating, crystalwaterfloat.com go look it up, go research it, find out what you need to find out, lay back in that tank, disappear, float away. It's going to be an amazing experience for you. We also need to thank DeBryman. DeBryman handling all your small business needs for the past 10 years. As always, we're looking for more sponsors. If you're interested, contact us at energyislovepodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook, Energy Is Love Podcast. If you're liking the podcast, if you're enjoying these uh, episodes that we're doing and learning about all these different people, now's a great time to get on board and become a sponsor so you can get your name out there. If you're just digging what we're doing and you want to donate some money, we're down with that as well. Feel free to go find us on GoFundMe. We've got a link to it on our Facebook page. You can also just go to the GoFundMe website and search out Energy is Love. That's our campaign. And donate. Give us that cash so that we can keep spreading the love and talking to the people that we're talking to and doing what we're doing. My guest today on the show is uh, Michael Ingleby. I know Michael from all the different events and fairs that we typically we participate together at. We're always uh, working at those fairs. So it was a really unique opportunity for me to get sit down and learn more about him. Michael's a spiritualist, and he's a healer. He's just an all-around kind of awesome guy. He does a whole bunch of different really amazing things when he works with clients. He's psychometry and palm reading, tarot reading. Uh, he incorporates a lot of intuitive abilities that he has. He's a shaman in a sense. Uh, I, I learned something. Well, I didn't just learn one thing. I learned quite a few things talking with Michael today. And his mom did the same thing that he's doing, his grandmother So he's a really amazing guy, and I loved sitting down and chatting with him. So thanks for listening to the Energy is Love podcast. Here we go. Energy is love. The Energy is Love podcast. Energy is love. The Energy is Love podcast. The Energy is Love podcast. The Energy is Love podcast. Podcast Podcast. for the universe. Energy is love. (laughs) 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 That's perfect. Hey, my guest today on the podcast is Michael Ingleby. That's how you pronounce your last name, right? That's right. Yeah. Cool. Well, Michael, I appreciate you taking the time to come sit down with me. I've been super excited to talk to you. So thanks for having me on. I've been excited. Yeah. The cool thing is we've known each other for a while, but it's always just when we're doing all those fairs and we'll hook up for that time period and everything like that. But the reason I was excited to talk to you is because the reality is I don't know that much about you.
1: Yeah. It's difficult when we're, we're in the middle of work to, to really sit down and kind of have a conversation. So yeah. So this is nice. This is a good opportunity to do that.
0: Yeah. So where would you
1: like to start? Uh, well, um, you know, I, I guess maybe a good place to start would be just to give you a little more information about me. Perfect. Um, so again, Michael Ingleby, um, I'm a professional psychic and shamanic practitioner. I'm, I'm kind of headquartered in Salt Lake city, Utah, and I work kind of the areas around and, uh, Yeah, I I basically um, just kind of day to day. This is kind of the day job for me. So Mm -hmm. I go around, I offer intuitive readings, card readings, palm readings, uh, several other types of oracle systems. And then I do uh, a variety of energetic healing uh, modalities um, and uh, really adhere to a lot of, again, shamanic traditions. Um, Over the course of my life, I've been fortunate enough to study with uh, a couple of Lakota medicine men Nice, and uh, also have some familiarity with some Kalahari Bushmen shamanic tradition um and then i use that uh based on my, my own my uh my tradition of origin i guess if you will um i am actually your uh stereotypical uh gypsy fortune teller that's actually my <laughs> heritage i actually am, am gypsy only we don't use the word gypsy we say roma yeah. roma in, in our culture gypsy is a Not a nice word. Yeah. Yeah. So Roma, Roma medicine, man, or a shuvano. That's actually the language or the word in in, uh, that language is shuvano. What language is it? Um, The language is called Romanes. And it's just the language that has kind of evolved as Roma people have kind of moved throughout the world. Um, If you want to go all the way back, back way, 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 way back, like, you know, hundreds of years, um, Roma people actually originated in Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. Uh, But since then, they kind of moved all over Europe, but now they're in in America. They're all over the place. Um, And uh, the language, as they've moved to different areas, has obviously evolved, and and we take on the new language, the area that we go into. But we always kind of keep this this, this remnant, this bit of the original language. So it's kind of like Spanglish maybe where we, we run around <laughs> and it's like, it's half English but every once in a while that we'll throw a word in there and people are like, what are you, what are you talking about? Um, yeah, but, but yeah, so in, in that language, uh, or in the original language, yeah, my title would be Shuvano,
0: which Shuvano. Is, is
1: our word for shaman,
0: basically. Super cool. And that's how you grew up. Like that's where,
1: yeah, yeah. I I'm really fortunate. And I talk to a lot of people, people who do the kind of work that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, there's always this point in the conversation we get to where people have to relate this story about how they had to turn away from um from their their past, how they were raised. You know most of them were raised with some really like traditional more more traditional religious background or uh, families that were maybe more conservative for other reasons and Um, they get to a point where they kind of hit that, like, this is, this isn't what's right for me. I need to do something else. And then they begin to that path to find that other spiritual course, you know, what's right for them and what they need to do. Yeah. And, um, and it's a bit of a process for them and, and and it's a good thing because it gives them the ability to really, like I said, kind of recreate themselves. You know, they really are able to kind of really claim themselves at that Mm -hmm. point. Um, but I get to that point in those conversations that I, um, I'm kind of like, I, I don't really have a way to relate to that. Like, cause I was, I, I'm very like, I tell people every time I'm very, very lucky. I was born into a family where, um, this was normal. My mother did this work and her mother did this work and it, and even beyond that. Um, and so, um, yeah, I, I grew up in a household where we, we did this, you know, if somebody got sick, there was energetic healing that was done. And if somebody had a question on life, somebody busted out a deck of tarot cards and, This
0: was normal. That's so awesome. Yeah. I've often wondered, because, you know, I've got four kids and my wife and everything, and we have come into this realm of spirituality and energy and all that kind of stuff. Later in life, obviously, we weren't brought up in it. We weren't raised in it. We had that whole experience of where we kind of had to embrace it and turn away, not turn away, but, you know, evolve out of our mindset and everything like that. But I've always thought about what it would be like to raise a kid up in this mm-hmm. what would it be like do you know what i mean from a very very from birth yeah even before birth to raise yeah. them in it so that's super cool yeah. like i can't even imagine now my brain's just racing with all these different things of so you said your mom basically did the same thing mm-hmm. and yeah. and your grandmother and mm-hmm. what about the rest of your family so uh
1: well it's interesting um and again it's a cultural thing but in my family um it's really primarily women Women mm-hmm. are, are primarily and again it's it's a cultural thing uh, traditionally women are really the the, uh, the the ones who really do this kind of work um, so in terms of family uh, you know it really prior to my generation it was really just women so my mother and her sisters uh, she had four sisters and they all they all did similar things um, and their children now have um, also, gone on to do a couple of them have gone on to do something similar. Um, but I think I'm, I'm the the most on the fringe, I think as it is with the work that I do, uh, the others, at least the cousins I have, um, they've all gone more in the lines of, uh, like licensed massage therapists Mm -hmm. or, um, things that are just are a little less on the edge for a lot of people. Um, you know, a little more accepted, um, and, and then I have sisters. I have three sisters. And um, and again, we were all raised with the same stuff. But as my sisters have gotten older, they, they've kind of turned away from this more and more. They, they still believe and they still will will participate within the family. But in terms of actually providing this work for people outside of the family, none of them really, really do that in, at this point in their lives. Yeah. So, and that's okay, because, you know, we all need to kind of figure out how we fit. those things.
0: Have you always done this? Has this always been the direction that you've gone? Or I mean, did you ever spend a time period where you, you know, had a regular nine to five job, worked in an office or anything like that? Yeah, I I did actually. Um, you know, I, I was raised in this
1: family where this was normal and I think I got to a point in my early twenties. And I think that when we get to that age, we all kind of go through a phase. (laughs) Um, and mine at that point was, um, because this is what I knew. This is what was normal for me. Um, I think, I was looking for a way to reinvent myself to try to strike out on my own and become my own person. And so the way I went about that is to really kind of step away from this for a while. Um, And I spent 10 years of my life um, roughly from the age of like 20 through through like late 20s, somewhere around that time frame, um, working in corporate America. I actually did take the nine to five job and actually found myself working for a major corporation and I was doing corporate accounting work. Um, Yeah. And it was um, and the work itself was not bad. Um, you know the company was an okay company to work for. You know I, I did not I did not hate my job. It was okay. Um, but it, it w- was always just a job. There was never really any feeling in me like, this is my, my path. This is, <laughs> this is really what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. And at the time that I, I took that job, even my family, my, my mother, I remember the time she was just horrified. She's like, I can't believe you're going to turn away from like, you're, you're walking away from what you're, <laughs> this is your destiny. This is what you're supposed to be. And, you know, and, and obviously again, at that age, you're not hearing any of that. So, um, so yeah, so I, I did, did. You grow for, up with
0: that, where it was? I mean, you know, you have people that grow up, and their parents from a very early age have a very specific plan laid out. They're going to be a doctor. They're going to be a lawyer. They're going, was this? Was that your plan? Yeah, yeah.
1: The plan was was always for me to
0: really kind of become what I am today. At least in
1: the eyes of elders yeah. in the family. Um, yeah, that, that was really like, this was always just expected. Um, and, um, and maybe that was one of the things that kind of fueled that rebellion in me in my twenties. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm, I don't, maybe this isn't what I want to do, you know, but, um, but it, there was always this expectation. Um, and again, that is, um, specific to my family, I think with our personal spiritual tradition, but also it's definitely a cultural thing. Um, I think that, um, you know, you're, you're in a sense always kind of expected to carry on the legacy of whatever the people before you have. Have been doing or have brought you know how they yeah. spent their lives yours, yours is always supposed to be kind of the next step what builds on that yeah um, so to turn yeah. away from this was you know a bit of a problem for the family <laughs> um, but you know but I, I had my fun in corporate America if you want to call it that and um, yeah and now I'm I'm back I got to the point where I realized that the person I had become in the life that I was trying to live because I can't really call it living uh, the life I was trying to live uh, for the, those years um, uh, was just not, it wasn't authentic. There was no, there was no integrity in that life and mm-hmm. there was no, and it was not something that really was, was right for me. I I never really felt that I belonged. It was, you know, I got up, I put on a mask and I went and I did this thing. And then at the end of the day, I was able to go home and really be me again. Um, and I just don't think that's a good way for anybody to really be. Yeah. Uh, or, or live, you know, so, um, so many people do. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think it's, it's, a, uh, a symptom of our culture or, uh, societal expectation, these kinds of things, you know, we have these really clear cut ideas of what is and isn't appropriate, you know, in terms of work that we do and mm-hmm. ways that we can contribute, you know, um, what we need to do to create the life we want to have in terms of maybe material that we need to own or, uh, the connections that we need to make, or even the way that we're perceived, you know, in terms of worldly status or power. Yeah. Um, you know, but that's all, that's all illusion. It's all, it's all Maya, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. None of it's, none of it's really real. Um, so, how know. long ago did you leave that corporate America? Um, that's been, I want to say it's probably been about eight years ago that I finally got to the point where I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I gotta go back to, back to my roots to rediscover
0: what was real. And you've just been doing um, that since then. And doing this. That's
1: that's been it. Yeah, since then I've just been providing these services and. Um, I didn't really know what stepping back into this kind of work would really be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it's been, uh, it's been an adventure. It's been fun. And I'll, I'll admit, I, I've had the, the opportunity to do to do things, to experience things in the process of this work that you're never going to have if you're working the nine-to-five job, yeah. you, know? Um, you know? So it's, um, there are times where it's scary, and you're not quite sure what may happen next. Um, and, uh, but, but in a sense, it's also very um, freeing and empowering to be able to do this. Um, and, and at the end of the day, I can go home and I can say, I did something today that, that really, um, benefited someone else. Yeah. Like I really, I was really able to give back or contribute in some way.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, for me, that's what it's, you know, that's the cool thing. We do those events and we do those things. And even if you, you know, if you're seeing clients and things like that, if you, not everybody's going to resonate and connect with everything mm-hmm. that you tell them and mm-hmm. everything that you work through them with, but. For me, it's like if it's that one person, like if we do a fair and I see, you know, five, ten people or something like that and eight out of the ten of them didn't really connect and resonate. But that one person really did. And yeah. for, that's incredibly rewarding. Yeah. I love that aspect of it. So I'm still kind of blown away. I think that's the coolest thing that you just got the opportunity to grow up and be, you know, <laughs> what like what were. Like you said, if somebody got sick, there was energy healing that took place and yeah
1: yep, energy healing to this day my my mother um her everyone the generation prior to my mother's that everyone's gone now everyone's moved on
0: mm-hmm.
1: um so uh in in uh in our family um the um someone has to step up in each generation and become the kind of the matron or or the or the patron mm-hmm. of the family. Um, and, and my mother's the last of her generation. So uh, she kind of really didn't have much choice, um, you know, but she's fine. She's, she's happy with it. But, um, but to this day, um, she is kind of like the hub for the family and anytime anything goes wrong, people go to her. Um, and in terms of healing and things like that, she still has like a, like what we, we always call it the apothecary. It was, it was always like herbal medicine and, you know, and she'd, um, make these poultices and these things with plants and smear stuff on your face to take help help with the fever you know and like stuff like this so it was it was very much one of these like just um very kind of just uh close to the earth all natural herbal holistic kinds of kinds of things um and yeah
0: was there a time period when you were a kid or a teenager where you thought oh this is all bullshit and i'm not gonna or were you always very very much comfortable with it and so just because it was normal
1: i was gonna say i think when you grow up with that um it's um there was never a moment where i looked at any of that and thought like there's there's no truth to this or this or this is bullshit i never really really thought that ever uh-huh. um i i think that again a lot of that comes down to uh, not just what is familiar what is comfortable but also kind of where you're at even like on a soul level i think cuz i think if you're somebody who is um just just by your nature more inclined to be a little more spiritual a little more metaphysical You're, there's a more of an openness around yeah. those kinds of things um and so i i never really had a moment where i thought like this this is there's no truth to this this yeah. is real um yeah uh, it was okay i think i think you know if if i were to look at the one the one challenge the one thing that uh, came of of growing up like that was being um was always being like like my i have i have one sister the others are are quite a bit older so they didn't when they were going through this i you know i i was too young to understand but when I got to that point where, you know, I wanted to be able to go outside and play with the other neighborhood kids. Yeah. You know, Um, and, and none of the other neighborhood kids on the street were allowed to play with us. <laughs> you know, we didn't go to the right kind of church and we, um, you know, we dressed differently. And, uh, you know, we, yeah, So it, I think that's probably got to be the only challenge I really, really could connect to, you know, in terms of like, like, I would say like anything was bullshit about that. That was it. That was it. It was the being kind of feeling like on the outside and feeling kind of that lack of acceptance, um, from, you know, the masses, whatever. Uh, but, but I think that, um, once you move beyond that phase, I think you, you get to a point of clarity, a point of realization where you realize that having grown up with something like that actually, um, can be empowering again, in a sense, I think it really gives you the ability to see through, um, again, some of the illusion behind some of the, Expectation yeah. and some of the, the societal that that pressure and things. things yeah, yeah. Um, it's like you know, if you kind of live on the fringe, you you become that, and then you you kind of become something else beyond that. And yeah. So it was a good thing. But in terms of within the house, like, no, um, you know, we, everything that that happened, the way we handled things, um, the holidays we celebrated, these kinds of things, that was all normal. That was all just normal. This is just how people live. Um, and that was another thing I think that I experienced when I got to a certain point, um, when I started to, to really connect with people in a more mature adult way, you know, um, I started to realize like, wow, people like didn't have this experience as a <laughs> child like they didn't grow up in a house where they did this kind of stuff you know like um and that was almost like there was like this moment of sadness in me like these poor people missed out but that really isn't the case at all I mean that's you know that was their path that was that was where they were at
0: um and it's okay it's all good um yeah that's super cool so you mentioned earlier about uh you've had a chance to learn or mm-hmm. practice with Lakota Tell me about that. So years ago, it was
1: the strangest thing. I went to my, my again, I, I have to, I have to blame my mother for this um, because, because... <laughs> don't of, blame her. So, <laughs> I'll give her credit. I'll give her credit for this um, because of the, um, j- just, just being, you know, spiritually different and eclectic. Um, she, she years ago when I was very young, took me to, um, I, I honestly, I don't know if you could call it a conference or a seminar or I, I don't know, like a, some sort of a workshop, something anyway, but we were meeting with a shamanic practitioner. And um the whole point of that experience, and it was like all weekend we just went um, and this is one of the things I think that um gives people who are uh, non indigenous people or non you know non native people people who, who lack that tribal connection and don 't have that kind of ancestry. Um, this is one of these experiences is that people really kind of seek out um was to go and actually go through the process of doing like shamanic work actually mm-hmm. shamanic journey um you know these kinds of things and really really going through some of those ceremonies um and so we went and we did that and uh, through the course of the uh of the ceremony through that through the the weekend um there was one one gentleman there in particular who just I just as soon as I walked in this guy just locked eyes with me and he just like just like stared at me like like through me <laughs> through almost the entire course of the weekend and then I think we were on the last day and we were getting everybody was getting ready to return home and um and he he came up he actually approached my mother first because I was very young at that point um and he told my mother that i had um and this was never really explained to me fully but uh but he told my mother that i had the signs and i felt the way that young men in his tribe would feel or or the signs they would exhibit when they were um, shown to be, um, they call it touched. Like they, they were supposed to become the next generation of healer, or the mm-hmm. next generation of medicine man, um, and that I had this energy about me. And he asked my mother. He's you know, he's very young, but you know, do you, would he be interested? And would you be okay, maybe, if he were to to try to learn or to study some of this? Um, and my mother was, of course, like she immediately volunteered. She's like, "Oh yes, yes, you just tell me where." And, and then, I think she realized, like, "Oh, I should probably talk to him first. So, um, so then she, 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 um, got the contact information for for this 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 guy, um, this medicine man, and um, and then on the ride home, she kind of sprung this on me in the car. How um, old were you? So I think I must have been like maybe I think maybe thirteen, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, and um, so uh, we talked about it in the car, and she, um. She kind of just laid this out and, um, and it sounded like, um, initially it sounded like, oh, this will just be like a really prolonged camping trip where, you know, we'll just be <laughs> like, you know, we're going to study nature and talk to trees and things. And none of that was weird. Cause I grew up with all that, Yeah. but, um, uh, you know, and so initially I was like, oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Um, and so, uh, that kind of became, became the course of this, like this study, this, um, you know, with, with working with him and again, a lot of it was, um, initiative or initiatory processes and these kinds of things. Um, and, um, and I, I've got to admit, you know, um, he w- he was a medicine man, but he was very honest up front. He told me, he said, you know, I can teach you certain things, but because you are not actually, tr- actually tribe, mm-hmm. I can't really give you all of our information. I can't really give you everything, but, but I want you to learn these things and these things will be enough to ele- enable you to do this and to carry on this particular type of work or this aspect or part of our tradition. Um, so, uh, because of that, I don't really, to this day, I don't really consider myself a shaman. I really don't use the term shaman. And I'm yeah. very, I'm very sensitive about that because I see that word being used a lot by people. It and is. my question is always, what's your tradition? You know, how, <laughs> how are you initiated? You know, where, where's, where, you know, how, how are you connected to this culture and this, this heritage? Um, and, um, yeah, anyway, but that's, that's a whole other topic. But, um, Anyway, but i studied with this this guy and 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 um and it was it was uh very powerful you know and, and he taught me you know shamanic methods uh for you know like healing and and uh uh you know again shamanic journey work um and um working with ancestry or ancestral spirits and, 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 uh, totems and these kinds of things, you know, little, how long did you work with them? Um, I studied with him for about two years and in the process of the two years had to, um, I really kind of walk away from life like regular life for a while. Um, mm-hmm. and so, uh, so I ended up as sort of like, I, I quit school, like again, and I may be like 14 at the time. So I, I quit regular school I actually had to go back and get my GED years later because I I walked away from school to be able to pursue this um but it was one of those things there was this urgency in me like I once I became involved and saw what this would really be like there was this um like I like I have to do this if mm-hmm. I don't like this is the only opportunity I'll ever have to do this and so I have to and so everything else kind of fell to the wayside and you know and I pursued this and through that process it was a lot of it was just the ceremonial work and and becoming uh, more familiar and in touch with. Um, different aspects of perception and, uh, the belief in, in different aspects of, or, or levels of reality, even different worlds. You know, you talk about the astral plane or the underworld or, um, these kinds of things or the inner world, um, connection to nature and, and the, and animal spirits and, and even ancestral spirits and these kinds of things and initiatory processes, you know, you go through things like, um, like I can remember actually going through a process where it was like. I I had to be buried in the ground. Like I I had to, in, in the form of a ritual, like, like to actually go through the process of being like put into the earth and then covered, like you were actually being buried. But the purpose of this was to, um, cut you off from, uh, anything that would distract. It was, it was really kind of a very primitive sense of like sensory deprivation. Um, and, and being in that space and just being covered and, you know, and you've were got you this in anything or were you? No, just... no, no. They put you, you, they wrap you in a blanket so you don't get cold and they, uh-huh. they put you in a ground in the ground and then they just cover you and you have what you have. You can breathe. They, they, you know, you are there's open over your, um, your mouth. So you're able to breathe. But, um, uh, but then having to be in that wow. space for, for hours, um and just and and in the process, the idea, the belief behind that was um just being in a position where you're just in complete connection with the earth, mm-hmm. with with the world spirit and being Do you able... remember
0: that experience really, so, really well?
1: I do, actually, yeah. Um I think yeah, that was one of those experiences. I think you're you're always gonna remember somebody burying <laughs> you in the in the ground. Yeah, I was like one of those in the moment. what, in the moment it was one of those like, this is happening. Wow. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna let this person put me in the ground. Um you know, and that's, in effect, that's what it was. It was like a shallow grave in the middle of the wilderness. I'm like, I'm like, Oh God, you know, hopefully he, uh, comes well, back hopefully nothing bad happens to him <laughs> and I'm stuck here. Um, but, um, uh, that's yeah. crazy. But then being, being in that situation, and that was just one example of, of one of the, one of the processes that, that, um, a lot of those shamanic traditions will use to really kind of, they have to kind of break you. They have to kind mm-hmm. of, uh, take you out of what has become normal, what has become accepted day to day. Yeah. Um, life. Um, and really in a sense, kind of remove that from you and then
0: reconnect. It inst- you back. Yeah.
1: And then instill that, that connection, put you back into like, this is, this is what's real. Mm-hmm. This is how this really needs to work. Um, yeah. So it was,
0: it was basically a couple of years of stuff like that. Um, That's a huge <laughs> the, thing. I, can, I mean, yeah. my guess is obviously that was a big, huge shaping mm-hmm. moment in your life, that mm-hmm. two years, that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really, really cool.
1: I was I was very fortunate. I, th- I I was able to have an experience with that uh by going through that that I think um at least you know your your average middle American white man is mm-hmm. probably never going to be able to experience. Um and so I'm very fortunate and I I am am thankful every day every day that I do this work and I have the opportunity to utilize that knowledge or do something with that shamanic tradition. I um I just kind of say like a little thank you, a little prayer to, to whoever, um, you know, and then the medicine man I worked with, he's moved on at this point. He's, he's no longer with us. Um, you know, he passed away, um, a few did years Did you grow ago. up here in Utah? So I did. I am native to oh, Utah. Yeah? yeah. Um, yeah. Then that would have been really difficult. I can imagine the yeah. house on the street with all the gypsies. So yes, yes, yes. The gypsy, it was, we didn't hear the word gypsy too much. Um, what we heard a lot was witch. We were the, we were the witch family on yeah. the street. Um, and it would make perfect sense. We were out in the backyard at night, you know, around a bonfire doing heavens knows what, you know, we were, we were were the heathen family, you know, um, you know, and, um, and things get out, you know, you go to school and, um, you know, things happen in school. You have conversations with kids, kids in school, and you're trying to relate and you're, you know, providing a story on you know, how this would happen in your home and kids get this idea, this perception, like, wow, well, things run really differently in your family. Your house is a little strange, you know, and that I think is how that kinda of starts. The word gets out and pretty soon, yeah, you're like, you're the odd family on the streets, you know. So yeah. Um but again, like I said, it's okay. Yeah. Did you have a big family? Um the the family in terms of like size, um we, we well we did. We did have a big family. Again, everybody prior to my mother's generation has, has moved on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they're, they've all passed away. So, um, but yeah, the, the family actually is, 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 actually kind of quite large, even, even to this day, but, but more distant now. Um, like my, my mother's family are, are kind of our branch of the family, if yeah. you will, is, um, we're, we're the only uh, ones here in this area. Everybody else is back East still. And that's mm-hmm. where my mother came from originally was back East. Um, and, um, so yeah, but we have cousins and all kinds of family back East, you know, that we, that we know we, there's communication, we all talk yeah, but yeah. in terms of like being able to see each other regularly. Yeah. That doesn't really happen yeah. too much.
0: Yeah. Did, is your mom still practicing? Is your mom so, still working in this field? Is your mom still doing stuff?
1: She, she does, she is practicing. Um, but, uh, she is less inclined to, to go out and do this work for other people uh-huh. now. Um, Uh, she, she still has people, people will, will come to her. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, but, and I think a lot of that has more, that has probably more to do with her age. She's at a point now where she's just old enough. She's like, I'm, I'm tired. If I have time in my day to, to spend, I want to do it on these things instead. Yeah. Um so but she she will still have people come to her. She's got like, people who have known her for years and years or um even even people like I there has been an, on a couple of occasions somebody I I've met that has needed some kind of work or help. Mm-hmm. Um and you get, um, I think we all do. I'm sure you've had this too, where you, someone will approach you and you're in the position to serve this person in whatever way, based on the work that we do. Um, but you get that feeling, whatever you want to call it, you know, a gut instinct or a message from a guide, however it comes through, but you get that feeling like I can see you need this help, but I'm probably not the person for you. Yeah. Like I, you, there's probably somebody else that would be the better fit. Yeah. Um, and there have been a couple of people over the years where I've told them, I'm like, you know, I can see that you would really need this work, but, um, I'm going to send you here instead, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, and so there've been a couple of people that actually referred to my mother over the the years and and they've gone to her and she's done what she does and, um, and it's worked. It's been good.
0: That's cool. Yeah. So you read palms. I've never talked to you about that. I've never, you know, what's funny is like you said, we get busy when we do those events and those fairs and everything Mm -hmm. like that. And we just don't get the opportunity to chat or anything like that but tell me about that i'm assuming that's probably something that you grew up with that's something that you were taught something that you learned throughout your life yeah
1: yeah the, the palm reading is really interesting and i i i love the palm reading because um it's it's actually um it's actually really pretty simple and basic um a lot of people look at something like that and they think, oh, it's so esoteric or there's so much mystery around this. And it's like, no, it's just your hand, um, <laughs> you know. And so uh, so I, I always kind of have to laugh a little bit. Um, but it's it's actually um, – it's, it's really cool. It's been around forever. Palm reading uh, or, or chiromancy has been around forever. An- you know, ancient, ancient practice. Um, you know, and again, uh, originated, I believe, back in um, Eastern Asia, you know, probably a good couple thousand years ago. I think they actually have found record of palmistry in like the Vedic – Mm-hmm. Scripts like it goes that far back. Yeah. Um and then what we what we use of Palmistry today or what we know of Palmistry today actually is rooted in ancient Greece and their practice of palm reading. Um and so, um, yeah, but it, in terms of my own uh history, yeah, this this that was something that was just another one of these things that we did. We grew up in this house where we all learned to read cards, we all learned to read palms, um, and in, in my family, at least there was never this expectation or this never like there, it was never like you have to learn these things, you know, so that you can go on and do these professionally. That uh-huh. was never it. These things were always something that we learned, um, because it was, it was just another part of like our, our spiritual practice, I guess, in some sense. Uh-huh. Um, it was like, you know, some people pray, we, we read palms, you know, it was kind of, kind of on that level. It was just one of these, like, you know, you do this with this, whatever you will. Um, uh, but this is good knowledge to have. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, um, yeah, so learn, learn to read palms. Um, and now I offer that as a service to other people and people really love that. Like a lot of people have never really had the experience of something like that. Um, and again, it's so easy. It's, it's all right there. It's your hand. It's all right there. It's just, just a, a matter of just kind of identifying what these certain things will mean, you know, I was
0: going to say like, what's the, cause it like, what's the basis for it? Is it, is it interpreting or is it, cause, you know, when you when you use cards, for example, mm-hmm. or you're doing card readings or something mm-hmm. like that, yes, specific cards have specific meaning and things like that, but there's yeah. times, obviously, where you'll get information associated with that card for that mm-hmm. specific person. Mm-hmm. Is it the yeah. same type of thing, or is it more like when you're reading a poem, it's pretty defined that if they have this or if they have that, it means this or it means that? Or are you also intuitively collecting information?
1: It's, it's a mix of both. Um, you know, and I, and I I read cards in the same way. I think that you're absolutely right. Usually, uh, you know, whether it's tarot cards or some other sort of oracular system, they'll, they'll have some sort of um, the cards all have kind of a set meaning. But I think that um, that really is what distinguishes a reader from a psychic is, you know, if you're going to sit and you're going to read like, OK, I know this means this because this is what the book that came with it says, uh-huh. um, then you're a reader. Um, and that's okay if there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, to, to bring in that, that intuition, that, that side as well. And, and to sometimes as a result, go against the textbook meaning to those symbols. Yeah. That's, that's, I think what makes the difference between a reader and a psychic. Yeah. So whether it's card reading or and whether it's the palm reading, um, I, I definitely bring in that intuitive. You, you, you really, you have to do that. You have to bring that in. You know, mm-hmm. that's really, that's really what we do. Um, and um so in reading someone's palm you know you'll you'll have certain areas of the palm you know everybody knows their lines everybody knows you, you have a lifeline you have you have a heart line you have a head line. you have these things and even the meanings for your fingers you know will 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 your fingers will all relate to certain aspects of life but um but you can't get too caught up on the the form and the structure you have to bring in some of that some of the the sight the vision and the yeah. and the intuition as well so it's a good mix of both and i think really if we're doing the work that you and i do it has to really be both there has to be kind of that that middle ground yeah um and it speaks to the people who come to us in different ways also i think because there are people who will come who for um they're they're more um they're more logic oriented. They're, mm-hmm. they're more analytical in their thought process, and they so they'll sit down and they'll say, "I just need the meanings of these things." Yeah, and they and then they walk away and they're happy with that. And there are other people who really come and they're they're really they they need to see some magic. They really need to see like I need to know that you've channeled something, or I need to know that there's been some real psychic something happening <laughs> there. And those are the people you give them what they need. You give them like, okay, this this is real. You know? Yeah.
0: You're a super interesting guy. This is exciting. Oh. <laughs> um, I want to ask you, because due to the fact that you've been in, I, I mean, due to the fact that this is just your life, like I said, it's not something that you've been in. This is just your life. How have you seen, because you see a lot of different things out there when you talk to people or you're online or whatever the case may be, and this whole concept and idea of like the shift in energy and in the universe and the way things are changing. So like practicing... Energy work, you know, twenty years ago or thirty years ago or something like mm-hmm. that is far different than it is now, not just mm-hmm. because of the way society has changed, but the mere fact of working with energy now is different than it has been in the past. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? Have you experienced that in a sense? I I, I can definitely relate some experiences with that. Yeah. I, I can
1: say yeah, I've I've seen that. Um and, you know, you depending on who you talk, to, you could talk to a hundred different people uh in our line of work and and outside mm-hmm. what we do. Um, and every, each one of those people will give you a different explanation as to why they believe or why they feel that has taken place. Um, and in truth, they're they're probably all right to some extent. Yeah. Um, I know that if I look at that, I I will say that yeah. If you you want to look at just the time difference that we would see, it's it's absolutely different working on people on a, like a spiritual metaphysical level today than it was even even five ten years ago. Yeah. Um, and I again, I think a lot of that really relates to. Um, Uh, the openness that we find in people now more and more like this is becoming something I, people always say like, this is something that we're becoming aware of. And I don't really think that's it at all. I think that we're becoming, or or we're reawakening Mm -hmm. to a lot of this because if you go way back, you know, not even that way back, even just within the last couple of hundred years, you know, people needed help. People needed uh, somebody to go to, to discuss problems or, or healing or something along those lines you, you went to the tribal shaman, you went to the village, witch. you went to these people who did these things, who were just a little more connected in some way. Um, and, uh, and they would facilitate that. They would do that for you. So, and then we, we kind of lost our connection with some of that. I think we lost, lost that. And then, but we're reclaiming that now, um, you know, as, as a, um, as a race, as a consciousness, we're, we're wakening up to that more and more. I think now, um, it's, it's becoming real again.
0: And so, Do you think it has to do like, um, people like it doesn't matter, like you said, it doesn't matter what you call it, like whether we want to think of it as people are waking up or people are being more connected, Mm -hmm. or do you think it has more to do with the energy of the universe and the way that it is evolving and changing that is now triggering things in people? Or is it just the mere fact that now we have social media and we have the ability to put all this stuff out here more? And so that, you know what I mean? That's more Mm -hmm. just visibility for this Mm -hmm. stuff that draws people in. What do you think it is?
1: Well, I, I think, uh, well, if, if you want my personal opinion, um, I'm I just my <laughs> personal belief on that. You're like, of course, that's why you're here today. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, if, if my personal belief on that is, um, you know, and maybe it's more of a Taoist or um, maybe more of a, of, again, more of a metaphysical kind of a mindset. But when I look at things like that, and I look at, um, I my my personal belief and, and everything that I've studied and learned over the years is that um, the universe is really just what we, the universe is our perception of reality. The universe is really all encompassing, but I really, on a personal level, I believe that the universe is really simply just a manifestation of higher consciousness. And I think that all of us are, our higher consciousness. I think that we all encompass that, mm-hmm. um, that that's, that that's us. And so I see it kind of work, uh, work back and forth. You know, we, we want to talk about how universal energy is changing and how, and as a result that's changing us. But I also see that working the other way. I see people waking up more and more, you know, um, you becoming more aware. And then I see that kind of shaping the energy of the universe itself. And so I think that we see kind of a bounce back between those two things, because really it's all the same thing. Yeah. Um, and when you look at more, more day to day things, like even the way our technology has advanced, you know, we look at things like social media, uh, podcasts, these kinds of things, mm-hmm. um. I think again, this is just another manifestation of of how that energy is changing. Um, you know, we're we're once again, I think, um, realizing and even, albeit in in technological ways, that we are all connected, that we are all uh, we all share this experience, and yeah. that we all we all are just part of this big thing. And again, whether I, I I use the term higher consciousness, but it doesn't that could be God for some people. I was going to
0: say that's a good question. Like growing up and things like that, is there some sort of like dogma in regards to the belief system that you had that you were brought up in? Was it God? Was it something else that you called or,
1: uh, well, I think it was more
0: just mother earth and things like that. Uh,
1: well, I think we we had a good appreciation for all of that. Um, I think in terms of, you know, a lot of people hear the word, you know, God and, and, and they immediately take that to, uh, an Abrahamic or Judeo Christian Uh uh, belief system. And that you know, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I think all of those, uh, Although all of those belief systems have, have value and truth in some sense. Um my personal uh you know, what my, my or my family, my, you know, the where, where I'm coming from, um, we um we didn't get so caught up with the labels and the and the things, you know, we didn't have to um shape a belief or, or, a system or a practice around like a higher figure. I think for us, it was more just the belief that there was some source of energy, mm-hmm. um, and whether that was God, um, or a goddess, because actually in my, my family, we we tend to be more associated with divine feminine. Um, yeah. so if we were to pray to a particular deity, usually it was, it was a goddess rather than a God, um, uh, but, you know, but also uh, beyond that, looking at things just just in terms of appreciation of just uh, connection with nature and the value of, of something like that, the energy mm-hmm. that we see, you know, and just a reverence for life and these kinds of things. I think these are the concepts that r- we really see. These are the really are the what are the good things that we get or receive from religion yeah. or, or spirituality. Um, So taking it beyond that and having to say there's you know there's some higher father figure above us who watches us and observes all of our actions day to day, um, never really felt a connection with that and that was never really something that we we really practiced or believed. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I want to talk to you about your own personal spiritual practice. How do you stay connected? What do you do? What are some of the ways that you kind of keep that connection with the?
1: Well, I think, uh, just in in personal practice, I, I make a point each day, you know, I, if you want to kind of talk about just, just daily routine, um, you know, I, I, I kind of make a point each day of making sure I get up, um, uh, I, I try to do the right things. You know, I, I, first of all, I'm a big believer in taking care of physical body and, and I'm, I'm kind of chunky, so I probably could improve my diet a little bit, (laughs) but, um, but beyond that though, you know, I make sure I, I kind of eat the right things. Um, you know, I make sure I'm not putting too many chemicals into my body, um, you know, and, uh, you know, stay hydrated, these kinds of things. But beyond that, um, you know, I look into, um, or the time that I spend each day really, um, you know, I make sure I meditate and I ground, um, you know, I take, a, a little bit of time each day just to make sure that I, I kind of find that center once again. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the process of doing that, I don't really evoke a certain power or, or energy or entity, um, to do that. I just kind of sit and I, I kind of check in with myself um, and make sure, you know, like, do I feel okay? Am I balance today? You know, am I in control of my emotion today? You yeah. know, um, am I, am I feeling good about, you know, what I need to do today? You know? Um, and if I'm not, if I maybe I'm not feeling good about what, what I anticipate is going to happen that day. And then I, I kind of, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I kind of visit with that for just a few minutes um, and really kind of take uh, or make an effort to really kind of um, see where that's coming from, what, you know, where that, where that might be. Yeah. from um you know but yeah but beyond that though you know um i'm I'm a big believer in um we need to to do the work that we do, we need to make sure that we have a good ground and that we are um sitting in a position of of kind of energetic integrity, you know, we need to not be bringing our stuff. To the work that we're doing for other people. You know, did you like ever struggle and, with that? Um, there have been a couple of times over the years where um, I, I've had, and it's been unfortunate, you know, and I've had a couple of clients, um, you know, people who've come to see me for help. I've, I've had to tell them, you know, after a session, like, I don't really feel you got as much benefit from this today. And it's not because of something that you did or didn't do. It was mm-hmm. me. So I want you to come back and see me and, and we'll just, we'll just call it, we'll call it good, but I need you to come back and see me yeah. and, and, give me a chance to really do this, do this better for you. Um, um, but you know, I, I, and that was like early on, I've gotten to the point now where if I, um, find that I'm going to go into a situation for some reason, I'm not feeling that balance. I'm feeling not quite so right about what's going on. And again, Uh usually it's me, it's something going on with me, my personal life. I'm stressed. I'm tired. I'm not feeling well, whatever it may be. Um, I, I really, at that point I take a few minutes and I just kind of just, again, just kind of clear and ground, uh, because again, I, I don't, I can't help. I can't heal someone else. I can't bring someone else good stuff if I'm sitting in a position of bad stuff, Yeah, you know? And, um, so that would be a big part of like just daily spiritual practice for me would just to make sure that I'm, I'm as good as I can be, that I'm as tuned up as I can be, uh, to be in a good position to go out and
0: really do this work for other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you, one of the cool things for me personally, when I started working with people and things like that, I found that Cause it, like I said, it is really important, I think, to kind of keep your own stuff out of it mm-hmm. and just be there for that person. And you do have to keep yourself grounded and you do have to keep yourself in that good space. But I would find that the more I worked with people, um, it was mutually beneficial a lot of times where I would be getting whether, you know, it was information or insight or whatever the, whatever we were working through that day with that client, mm-hmm. Was very much about them and their experience because it resonated immensely with them, mm-hmm. but yet there was copious amounts of information that I would glean from mm-hmm. it as well, mm-hmm. and I would take that back and incorporate it into where I was in life or what mm-hmm. experience I was going through. Have you found that same kind of thing?
1: Absolutely. I I'm, I I say this quite often to people when I'm working with people, but um, my my big belief is that um, we're all really kind of just mirrors for mm-hmm. each other um in some sense. And the people that will come and see me for for help, um, but they are coming to me for a reason. Um, and it's usually it's not it's not just about them. It's it's about me too. And uh and I I can relate several experiences over the years uh, where um someone has come to me and and in the process of doing the work that I needed to do for them, I've walked away and, and I've somehow been made more whole also. Yeah. I have gotten something I've needed. They they were able to shine some light on something that was not going so well in my life at that point um either and and um you know and it, it is it definitely gives you something you you are are always you were just as much a student as you are a teacher in mm-hmm. this kind of work i think yeah
0: yeah that's always the cool part for me like i you know for me that's the energy exchange that's the thing that takes place if we functioned in some sort of realm where we didn't have to mm-hmm. worry about money or material things <laughs> that exchange <laughs> is more than enough for yeah. me yeah do you know what I mean? I love yeah. sitting down and getting that mutually beneficial yep. good stuff. Yep, exactly exactly. Um, let's talk about, because you've been in the field a lot longer than I have. You've you know, been doing this a lot longer, but and we're not going to get too negative by any means, but I want to talk about some of the downsides to energy work or some of the things that you'll see. Because I want to bring awareness to this whole mm-hmm. thing for people, right? I mm-hmm. want people to be able yeah. to learn about it and have insight about it. But what are some of the, like, what are some of the things that you've seen over the years that you would advise people to kind of steer clear of or to be aware of? Do you know what I mean? Uh, well, charlatans.
1: Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I was just going to say charlatans. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, um, I, I find that. Well, there's this. There's this optimistic side of me that would, would like would like to hope that that's something that is happening less and less. But I'm not entirely sure that's true. And I even within the last couple of years have have run into some people who have uh, claimed to be doing this kind of work. Um, and and then have found out, you know, through, you know, things that have been related to me by people that have gone to them for help. Um, you know, and just even just personal interactions, I've seen that these people, they're really, they're not really operating from a place where they're like, their, their intention is really not to help. You know, they are, uh, they, they proclaim they are something or someone, or that they can provide this for you, or, or, you know, they have this skill or this ability. Um, and, at the end of the day, there, there really is no benefit to really what they're doing. Um, and a lot of it, it's unfortunate because there are a lot of these people out there who, um, who really on some level, I think actually have some pretty strong ability, but they get so caught up with the, the ego trip. Yeah. Um, and, and the money that potentially can come when you reach a certain level of success mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, uh, notoriety with the kind of work that we do. Um, and they, they lose their way in a sense, but then there, there are just other people out there also who just kind of, they just, they kind of, hang up a sign and they say, this is what I do. And, um, you know, and it's unfortunate because that happens, I think in any industry. And, um, I really, I kind of tell people, you know, one of the things I always tell people is to, to really kind of trust your instincts when you're working with somebody, anybody, whether it is the the doctor at the hospital that you decide you want to work with or, um, you know the person fixing your car or you know the person who's gonna gonna read your cards whoever it is you know i really tell people like to, to take just a minute before you really sit down at the table with that person and i really just kind of just check in with yourself like does this person feel right yeah does this person feel like they're they're gonna do what i need them to do or give me what i need you know and then and then to pay attention to that and and and, and honor that and then if and if you get a bad feeling to move on because there's always somebody else who can do that for you um you know, that's one way that you can avoid that. Um, other than that, I, I would really just say just to do some research, check, check these people out. You meet somebody, <laughs> you become familiar with somebody, get online, do some Google and, you know, whatever you need to do, figure out who you're really working with before, yeah. before you trust somebody, particularly when it comes to energy work. Because there are people out there who can do some pretty unfortunate things. I've seen some stuff over the years where people have, have been legitimately hurt by mm-hmm. somebody who has not been who they have claimed to be. Um, and, and they they have caused more damage than good. Um, so, so do your research, I would say really
0: would be kind of the, the caveat there. Um, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that you probably work on yourself in a sense, whether it, do you like, do you read your own cards? Do you do any sort of energy um, work on yourself or is it more or less just your connection that you kind of take for granted, not take for uh, granted, but use as your source of healing for yourself?
1: Yeah, i take for granted might actually be a good way to put it. Um, no, uh uh in terms of energy work yeah i i absolutely i i will do energy work on myself um because i think that that is um i, I really i think it tr- truth be told i think anybody really can can access a power like that uh-huh. uh, i think we all have connection in some some sense to that um uh so energy work absolutely um other stuff that i do in terms of like you know like uh like some of the um the card reading and some of the other the, the divinatory the the or- oracular work um i don't really do do that for myself. Um, I, I learned really early on that it's not really a good idea to do that for yourself. Um, we, we lack the ability to be objective Mm -hmm. sometimes. Um, sometimes it's just too difficult to look beyond what we want or where, where our limitations are at that particular moment in time to, to really be able to see clearly. So, so I do not read for myself. Um, which do you go see other people. I do. Yeah, I'm. I'm fortunate enough. I like I said with my family. I'm fortunate <laughs> enough. I've always. I always have somebody else who's available to do this. Um, but over the years, I've also. I've. Met, I've met other several other practitioners who. Who I also have. I've, I'll make an appointment. I'll go, um, and it's kind of cool. It works out really well because usually we we trade work. You know, like yeah. I'll go, They'll give me a reading, or I'll go to them for energy work, and then they come and see me for something, and you know, and um, and we're able to to benefit each other in that way. Um, yeah. So no, I don't really do that. For myself so much and for those reasons yeah Yeah.
0: because it is hard sometimes yeah it is hard sometimes to get out of your head
1: that would be one of the other downsides i guess to doing this kind of work is is um uh you know it's kind of most of the time are we're um like we're open vessels or we're open channels for this but not so much for us, only for other people, you know, I mean, it would be really nice sometimes to be able to kind of like draw my own cards and say like, oh, this is, you know, I need to go buy a lottery ticket and these need to be my numbers, you yeah. know, and, and do that kind of stuff. And it just, unfortunately, I think more often than not, it doesn't really work that way. Um, so that that would maybe be another another downside to what we do.
0: Like, what's your inspiration? Like, where do you get your, is it merely information that you glean through meditation or through your intuition or through your connection. Like how do you find guidance in your life? Where does that come from? Um, Well, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm
1: pretty direct. I think in terms of what I mean by direct, I guess is I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty simple and I usually operate more, uh, you know, with like straight line kind of mindset, you know, I, I maybe tend to be a little more analytical with the way I look at things, but in, in terms of how I, I find my motivation or uh, my inspiration for things, um, I kind of just, uh, I take a look at what I anticipate or what I perceive to be the current obstacle or challenge or opportunity in my Mm -hmm. life. Um, and I, I will sit and I will actually just kind of have a conversation with myself and just kind of open that up to the universe or God or, or whoever may be listening. Um, there are usually lots of people listening. Um, <laughs> and then, um, and then I kind of wait to see what comes. Um, and it's interesting because though it be, always begins as an analytical thought process, I find that the answers that I get actually come in, in completely non logical, non analytical kinds of ways. Like what? Um, so I'm a big believer in paying attention to what my body tells me. Um, mm-hmm. and I actually counsel people a lot. I tell people a lot to really kind of, uh, base, um, psychic, uh, perception and confirmation uh, in terms of you know getting answers that they need or feelings that they might need to, to receive. I, I really counsel people a lot to really pay attention to physical body. Um, I think our, our, physical body is programmed to really kind of give us the information that we need depending on the circumstances. Yeah. So I will, I will, will throw something out there and then I will kind of pay attention to the sensation I get in my body. And, and that may also just be one way that, that some of my personal guides work with me. Um, they'll usually give me like a tap on the shoulder or they'll, they'll make sure I see a certain sign, mm-hmm. these kinds of things. Usually it's more of a physical manifestation in terms of answers I will receive. Um, but, um, yeah, I I don't know. I guess you know that that might just be be kind of how I work, but but I see some similarities in some of the work done by a lot of the other practitioners that I'm I'm familiar with. Yeah. Um you know,
0: it's interesting. I, and this is one thing too that I've met a ton of different people who have a ton of different modalities and everybody's doing, you know, when I say their own spin, it's not by any means minimizing it, but they've taken whatever it is that they've taken and made it their own and mm-hmm. now they're using that. Yeah. But it seems like Because I've gone through and I've gotten a lot of readings or I've had sessions with people and things like that, even before I started to do this stuff. Mm -hmm. And in the end, it was like, I felt like everybody was doing the same thing just in their own way. Like everybody's accessing that same energy. Mm -hmm. They're just working with it in their own way. And Mm -hmm. so the way I've always viewed it and thought about it is... We have these tools that we use. Some people use cards as tools. Mm-hmm. Some people would use a palm as a tool, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just that tool that they're using to access that same flow of energy. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? I, I would absolutely agree. Um,
1: you know, and I think we're, uh, we're all, we're all so, so different and so mm-hmm. wonderfully complex um, that I think, you know, uh, any source of energy is going to flow through, um, through each of us differently. You know, we're also in such individuals, you know, we all, um, we're all going to manifest and shape things in a different way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that would maybe make sense. You see a lot of people out there who, um, uh, say modality, but you, but you see it come through in a slightly different way and that would be it. It's really that, that individual person's connection to spirit and how that moves through them. I think.
0: Yeah. Do you think that everybody as a whole
1: has that connection? Uh, that's, that's kind of a loaded question. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, and the one that I think we, we, you and I, like people who do the work, I think we, we kind of get that asked often enough. We have lots of opportunity to really kind of think about that. Um, I think that my, my answer to that would have to be, um, I'm not so sure. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't, I can't sit here and I, I can't say that everybody out there has that same connection. Um, what I mean by that, or I guess maybe to clarify that is I'm not saying that I don't think everybody could have that. Uh huh. Um, but I'll admit uh that um you you can't just um you can't just go out and buy a deck of tarot cards and throw them out <laughs> on a table and say, I'm a card reader now. You can't just you just can't do that. You can't decide I'm gonna hold my hands over this person's head and, and their headache's gonna go away. You know, I mean you, you you just in in a perfect world that would be how that would happen. Yeah. But um but the difference I think is that it, it takes work. You actually have to practice and study and work and learn. You have to go through the discipline to really learn some of these things. And that really is what makes that happen for you. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's not that everybody couldn't have that same kind of connection. It's that there are people out there that I think that maybe are more in connection because they've really done the work Yeah, bothered to really learn these things. Um, you know, and those are the people that ideally you want to seek out, um, the people that you want to work with. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What do you think happens when we die? Ooh. Um,
1: you know, I, again, I think that, um, my personal belief on that is, 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 um, I think that, you know, the concept of death and for me, I guess, and this is not just personal belief, but also based on my own, my own spiritual tradition is that, um, death is really just another doorway. That's all that really
0: is. Uh
1: Um, you know, you, you call that maybe like another threshold, another, another jumping off point, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I, I think that, um, we we as a culture, we kind of have this view of death as being something that is very, uh, like it's very final and that's it, um, you know, and there is a lot of fear that comes up in people around that. And I don't think any of that really is um, is really necessary. I don't think any of that really needs to exist because, again, I, I think that death is really just the beginning of something else. Yeah. Um, you know, and a lot of people, you know, I, my my views might tend more to to, to follow along the lines of. um you know, reincarnation, these kinds of things. Um, but even then I, am not entirely decided on that. I I guess maybe I would be more agnostic in my views on, on death and what may come after that in terms of afterlife. Um, I really, I think I've had enough experiences and I, over the years I've, I've been fortunate enough to connect with enough, uh, with souls and, and, and even like, you know, through some, some of the shamanic works, some ancestral spirits and things that have come through, not just mine, but other people's, um, that I've been able to communicate with. Um, and I, I've gotten to the point where I really kind of believe we, we really kind of get what we, what we expect when we die. Yeah. Um, you know, good or bad, you know, I, I've had some experiences over the years where some souls have come through and they've communicated. They're maybe not in such a very good place. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you, you find if you research, you know, you go back and you explore like, you know, where that soul came from or where they were prior to getting to that point. Usually they were in a situation where they they kind of anticipated they were gonna maybe be in a place with some suffering and some darkness. Um and other souls, other souls who um, you know, people who are just uh, they just embrace that light so much and they're just looking so forward to that next good thing, you know, that next level, whatever it is. Um, they move on and, and that's what they find. They get to a place where there's just a lot of light and happiness. And so I think we we really do kind of get we kind of get what we want. And I, I think that, um, kind of get what we create. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, I think, and, and really that's the way, the way life really kind of works too, you know, yeah. before we even get to that point, you know, we are we're, we're living day to day and really the perception, our, our expectation and, and what we're putting out there really, that's, that's, we, we create that experience for ourselves. So why not, why not have it work the same way with death?
0: I was going to say that makes sense. You yeah.
1: Know? All this, all this deep flowing conversation yeah. and my, my tangential discussions on everything.
0: Um, I like to challenge my beliefs. So Mm -hmm. through my connection to the universe and through meditation and everything that I, you know what I mean? Through Mm -hmm. that strong basis, Mm -hmm. I feel like I get a really firm, um, place of this is what I believe. Mm -hmm. This is what my faith is kind of rooted in. Mm -hmm. And then I like to challenge those things. I like Mm -hmm. to look at them from different perspectives and things like that. Do you do the same thing or have you ever kind of looked at it that way where? I I do.
1: I think, I think, I think it's. um, well, and, and whatever your your personal purpose is for doing that, I think you know if if you want to call it um, the desire to continue to grow in mm-hmm. some way, or uh, maybe some people are just by their nature a little more skeptical of things. Yeah, um, I, I, I think that it's it's important to do that, and I do look for ways that I can do that. And and for me, a big way to do that is to is to really just kind of put myself in situations where I, I have to. Um, I have to face some sort of a challenge in in a, a different way. I have to I have to kind of put aside my skill set and really just kind of embrace whatever comes and and hopefully yeah. develop a new strength. Um yeah. So I, I think it's important to do that. And really that's really doing something like that, going through a process like that is really the only way that we I think we really can continue to grow. And it's really important to do that. I mean, life is just change and growth and transformation and uh we get to the point where we um we stop questioning we just kind of accept where we're at and, and this is what it is. And this is always will what be right or will, what will be right. And this is, this is what's absolutely true. Then we, we kind of shut ourselves down. We kind of
0: take ourselves out of that process. Um, we stagnate. It's not a good thing. Can you think of anything that you've, that has changed over the years where maybe you had something, even recently something that you you know felt very strongly about, very committed to this idea or this concept. And then, it shifted and changed and you have a new belief system based around it? Um,
1: I don't know. Well, I don't know if I could really identify a new belief system. I think maybe, you know, if I could touch back on some of what I was saying just a moment ago, we we were talking about death. Um, I think I, I grew up in a household where, um, there was this belief that, um, it's, it's almost, it's almost like a Christian mindset, which is odd because we, we never really identified as being Christian, but, um, but this, this belief that, you know, if you, uh, you, you did the right things and you were a good person that you would only ever see good and right come to you. Um, and and then obviously, you know, in the reverse, if you were bad and you, you did your best to make sure life was painful and difficult for those around you, that would be what you would see. Um, and I, I think that, um, you know, going through life with that kind of a dogma, dogmatic kind of view of things that kind of like that, that strict kind of sense of, of right and wrong, I think is something that I've really kind of learned. Um, doesn't really work in the real world and particularly <laughs> with spiritual stuff either. Um, so I think if I were to look at where I'm at right now, that would be maybe one thing that I've seen change, you know, I, just through experiences that I've had through the work that I've done uh, through just observing, uh, interacting with people in, in, in different levels of grief. I you know whatever they're going through, even, even on a personal level, dealing with some of my own stuff and some of the work I've had to do over the years to get to where I'm at today. Um, I've realized that, um, there, there really is no, there, there are no rules. There are, you know, everything, I think things are a little more fluid and a little more open than, um, we might like them to be. But I think in a sense, that's also kind of a good thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One of the things too, that I wanted to, uh, address when it comes to all of this stuff i think a lot of times people you and i or other people that we know they'll get labeled with some sort of stereotype Mm -hmm. and what do you find because i think that that was the cool thing that after i met so many different people was the realization of these are just normal people Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean there's absolutely nothing different from any of us really but um we're all different but (laughs) Mm what do you like? What's a stereotype that you feel like you get stuck with and you get labeled with, and then kind of the counterpoint where tell me some things about just like, this is normal. Michael, like Michael's not just Siobhano, you know, he's,
1: um, well, I mean, in terms of stereotypes that I, I have to deal with, with the work, uh, that we do. Um, well, I don't know. I think, I think a lot of us are, um, have to deal with the stereotype of being like the, um, i'm just trying to think like over the years things i've i've personally like um i had to really get over the idea or the concept of being like like the hippie you know like the (laughs) hippie spiritualist you know the the guy in tie-dye and birkenstocks who you know just wants everything to be about peace and love and there's nothing wrong with that you know i i wear birkenstocks (laughs) um but uh so that would would maybe be one thing you know one one perception that i think a lot of people might have um of me and, and really not just me, but of, of you know, other people who who are kind of in our in our industry, people who do our work that and um, and then um, again, if if I maybe kind of touch back on a, a something that we discussed earlier, the, the the charlatan, the image of somebody who really is like like the con man, you know, like yeah. somebody who's really out to just kind of take advantage, you know, and and deliberately lie and hurt people to try to gain in some way. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm I'm lucky because I haven't um I haven't really had to deal with a lot of uh stereotypical like oh this is who you are or, this is this is what you're about i haven't really seen much of that um and i i don't know like i said i i i have to say i'm lucky for that because i i know a lot of other people who who have been through some stuff where they've had to really fight some of that the, uh-huh. those labels and those images that people have those perceptions that people have um yeah i don't know i maybe maybe it's another symptom or another sign of maybe just how i was raised i, I just i think that um I kind of got comfortable with being kind of on the outside mm-hmm. of things to some extent. Um, but I, I just, uh, I'm not phased as much maybe by those things. I don't um, know.
0: Yeah. What do you feel like is like, like what, what's normal, not normal for you, but like, what do you feel like? I mean, you're just a regular guy. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? What do you do that mm-hmm. is just a regular guy thing? Where you um, i around reading poems all day. Long? I get, <laughs>
1: <laughs> um I I do the same stuff everybody else does. Um I I get up and you know I I I have to clean my house, you know, and I have I have animals that I share my home with that I have to make sure are fed and watered, you know, and I water my house plants and I I have to balance my checkbook and you know I pay those bills and um I get out and I have to drive to get around just like everybody else, you know, and I I go and I um yeah, you know, I you know, on my on my odd day off, I I probably watch way more Netflix than anybody ever needs to watch. <laughs> What's your it's favorite sick. show on Netflix? Right now? Um, oh, right now? Oh, geez, you'd have to ask me that. Um, oh geez, I just I just finished. Uh, I think it's the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, I think that's the series. I think I just finished the second season of that. It's a pretty good show. So yeah, I love that. Anything anything Tina Fey does, I'm I'm all about. Yeah, she's just she's just hysterical. But um, yeah. Um, so yeah, but uh, you know, I um you know I'm, I'm i'm married you know um i i spend time with my yeah. husband you know um and um and life is really boring actually <laughs> now i'm thinking about the day to day the day to day details it's just so so mundane um you know yeah but that's that's pretty much it so you know in terms of um i, I think that's what you asked that because i'm sure there are people out there who think like this is this is what we're all about you yeah. know and we at the end of the day we we wrap ourselves up in our capes and we fly home to our our wizards towers and we
0: you know, we, go to bed on a bed of crystals yes, exactly, and wake yes. up and smudge yourself before stepping yeah. into a shower of white light. Exactly and
1: yeah. yes. that's life. Yeah. I'm sure there are people out there who, <laughs> who sometimes wonder what we get up to in the privacy of our homes, but that's usually it. Usually it's, you know, same old stuff that everybody else really does. Yeah. Yeah. So you're teaching some classes too, right? I saw some of yeah. that pop up on Facebook. Tell yeah. me about that. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I taught classes a long time ago. Um, and, um, even, even years ago, even, even like prior to the, the hiatus that I took in my twenties, um, I, I taught some classes, um, and, um, I'm kind of dusting some of those off now because I've, I've, uh, noticed that we, uh, we can really use some of that stuff here, uh, uh, in this area. So, um, yeah, I, I, my, my next class coming up is going to be, um, uh, just an introductory class to palm reading. Um, and the, the time that I've done, uh, been reading palm reading here in, in Salt Lake city and kind of the surrounding areas. Um, I've just had so many people just approach me like, cause there just doesn't seem to be anybody else out there who really is doing that. And I, was I know, say, I don't know if I've seen
0: anybody yeah, that's doing that besides you. I,
1: I'm familiar with like, there are like two or, or three, uh, other practitioners between like, I want to say between Salt Lake city and Ogden roughly uh-huh. who, who also read palms. Um, uh, but but I, I I don't I'm not really too too closely I know I'm too too familiar with them. Um, so I mean so there are other people out there that do it. But in terms of uh, being able to kind of like teach people how this works, yeah, like what this what this is, because um, I'm I'm a big believer in um, in just just educating people, just kind of sharing that knowledge. I think that you know um, there's a certain mystery around a lot of what we do mm-hmm. um, and where we learn to do these things, and I think that um, it's good for us to to kind of turn that around and show people like this this is the history of this and this is where this came from and this is how I learned this and this is how this works. And if you want to, you could learn to do this too. Yeah. And share that. And I think the the big part of me or one of the big reasons I think there's a value in doing that is um it's another way for us to show people that we're real.
0: <laughs> uh because
1: a lot of people um a lot of people think that this is all just a bunch of hooey and you know like like there's you know this is again we're just we're just a bunch of people out there trying to con You know, and, um, and if we can give people like the history, the roots, the background, like this is what this is, Mm -hmm. this is, this is where this modality came, came from and how you use it. Um, it's another way to kind of show people like this is real, like there's, there's truth to this. Um, and so, um, so I'm teaching the class on palmistry basically. And again, it's just kind of an introductory class just to give people some of the basics on, um, you know, the layout of the hand, you know, reading lines, the, uh, the mounts, fingers, these kinds of things, just just all the different aspects of your, of the, the palm, the hand. And, um, with the idea of, of giving them just kind of a taste of how that works to see if maybe there's somebody sitting in that crowd who decides they want to go further. Maybe they want to become the next Palm reader.
0: Yeah. And where's that class being
1: held? Um, that class is going to be held on June 13th at crones hollow crones hollow is this, this cool little, little pagan. They just moved, didn't they? Did Um, they get a new building? They're moving, uh, within the next week and a half. Cool. Yeah. Um, and their website will, will be updated. I think with all the new address information here pretty soon. Um, yeah, I work for them. I'm in there every week as one of their house readers also. So I'm in there and I, I read cards every Monday for people who come in, cards and palms and whatever else they might want. They and you're them. there on Mondays? I'm in there Mondays um, every week. And then, and yeah, I'll be teaching that the palm reading class there on the 13th of June. Um, and they will be in their new location at that point. I think it's like the first class in their new location. so oh, that's so everybody's, cool. Everybody's pretty excited about that. Um, yeah, and that's but that's pretty much it. It was one of those, uh, I looked at, you know, this is something that I do. So many people have an interest in this. I wanted to be able to kind of share that information and get that out there. That's very yeah. cool. So where can they get more info about you? So, um, well, um, they can can find me. Social media is real big, and I usually tell people just to find me on Facebook. Uh, but they can find me on Facebook at Shuvano Michael and Mandala Metaphysical Arts. Um, they can also see me on my website. Um, the website is manmetart dot com. Um, and you know, they can always contact me to, to find out more about me, questions on services, these kinds of things. They can, can send me an email at mandala meta dot arts at com, Or, uh, they can call me
0: 801-864-7870. Cool. Well, we'll make sure and have all that posted up on our Facebook page and everything. So when uh, the episode goes live, people can find you through that as well. Okay. But I think we've covered quite a bit, man. Can you think of anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I really
1: can We've been uh, we've been pretty in depth today. Um, yeah, and I just I just want to thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to do this. This is is excellent.
0: Well, thank you. Yeah. Everybody have a wonderful, wonderful day.
1: Thank you. That's all illusion. We wrap ourselves up in our capes and we fly home to our our wizards' towers. And this is your destiny.